Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. Now, the partnership with, um, with Harvest is a big deal for us, and uh, very grateful for it. And I think where your church is located, where it's situated, kind of in the city-county connector, connecting spot, it's a really strategic church, because we're kind of looking forward towards the city, and yet we're down here in the county, and so strategic, and um, we've got a lot of work to do, amen? We've got a lot of work to do when it comes to spreading... Uh, name of Jesus, spreading the story of Jesus, and so I really value the partnership and grateful, grateful that uh, Chris and uh, you know, Micah and Nathan, everybody would invite me to come and to share God's word with you this morning. According to Webster, euphoria simply means a sense of great happiness or excitement. When people think of euphoria, they may think of something drug-induced, how some drug in- produces intense feelings of euphoria. Or maybe it's when someone hits that, uh, you know, that game-winning shot or, you know, two outs, full count, David Free, right, uh, drives in the winning run. Maybe people go out to Vegas, they want to get a sense of euphoria, so they pull the slot machine, and if they hit it, hit a winner, then there's feelings of euphoria in that. But from a God perspective, when we think of the euphoria of the mind, we're talking about something so much greater so much more real and lasting. What our minds are capable of spiritually in relationship with God. We are so much more real in spirit than we are in the flesh, than we are physically. As this week has unfolded and I've thought about the passage, I really thought that maybe a better title would be The Dangers of the Unrenewed Mind. When we think about the euphoria of the mind and we think about what God says about the mind, what we're going to see here today as we get into this is again and again, God giving us very clear instructions about how important our thought lives are and about how significant it is the way that we direct the attention of our mind. So God in many different places talks about the mind. He talks about the renewing of the mind We could really talk about this or phrase it in such a way as talking about the dangers of a mind unrenewed. And that's possible. I mean, that's, uh, you know, God told the church in Scripture to renew your mind if it wasn't possible for it to be in the church and not have a renewed mind. To be doing life with an unrenewed mind. You see, as a believer, there are a lot of different influencers and and so I'm going to share with you just, just three kind of major influencers in our life. It's not an exhaustive list, but, there are, but these three are very significant. These influencers on how, how our week goes, how our day goes, right? How our life goes. Three major influencers. One, uh, and most, you know, certainly important, is the Spirit of God within you. Before we came to faith in Christ, what does the Bible say about us? It says that we were spiritually Uh, dead. We were spiritually lifeless, without hope, right? Unable to communicate with God, unable to, you know, really hear God or have relationship with God. We were spiritually separated from God, spiritually dead. But when we were born again, when when we became experienced new life in Christ, when we became a believer, well, then the Bible says that the Spirit of Christ comes to dwell within us. 
In fact, Romans 6.10 says, I love this verse, it says that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. Isn't that wild? That's an incredible thought. So the Spirit of Christ living within you. Major influencer. Second major influencer is, of course, the Bible. I loved how uh, Pastor Nathan, you know, used the Word of God in, in the midst of our kind of our corporate worship and singing time this morning for us to share meaningful scriptures with us, talking about the Bible as a major influences, the Word of God, truth. It's truth. You know, you know in a society, in a world, you know, even here in America, even here in, in St. Louis area, in a, in a society, in a world of so much deception, so much noise, it's so noisy out there right? So loud, so much falsehood. We have this living and active, this foundational, never-changing truth that we can build our lives upon, the Word of God. And so you've got these major influencers. You have the Spirit of God within you. You've got the Word of God, but there's one more that is very important that needs to be present for, for them to be working in harmony with one another and that is your mind. See, your mind and your thoughts have to be working in harmony with what the Bible says is true, what the Word of God says is true, with the Spirit of God within you. And so Paul says to the church in Romans 12 too, he says, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. Right? Meaning, don't think like the world thinks. Don't value what the world values, right? Don't put limitations on yourself as a Christian, as a believer, by just kind of giving in and conforming to the world's pattern of thinking. But do not be conformed to the world or the thinking of the world, but it says, but be transformed. But be changed by the renewing of your mind. And that's something we all have to do. And you know what? It's something that none of us do perfectly all the time, right? It's a daily battle. It's a daily um, struggle. It's a daily challenge for us to have our mind in alignment with how God thinks. But it's, it's, it's part of our walk. It's part of walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. There are so many places in Scripture that speak to us, that inform us, that instruct us, about the concerning the direction of the focus of our thinking and the focus of our mind. You, you really can't get victory. You really can't get freedom. And you really can't get just victory and freedom if we don't learn to practice and to walk out this issue of our minds and of the way that we think. Every year, you know, Amazon, bookstores, I'm, there are still such a thing, but if Every year, tons of books are written about the power of positive thinking and about the power of a mindset, of a positive mindset. And then, you know, maybe some of them are pretty, probably pretty good. But as a believer, it's much more than just about being positive, you know. Sometimes I'll, I'll talk to someone, professing believer, you know, and, and I'll be trying to encourage them and, and just trying to encourage them about their life. And they'll say, yeah, I'm just, I'm just taking on a positive mindset. Well, that's, you know, that's good that you try to stay positive, but it's more than just having a, you know, having a positive kind of outlook, but it's getting our mind in alignment with the Spirit within us, the Spirit of Christ within us, and 
the word of God. Be transformed, be changed by renewing your mind. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth. What does that mean? That we walk around kind of with our head in the clouds, you know, kind of aloof and disconnected from what's going on in the world? No, it just means set your minds on the truth of God, the things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. You see, when, when you and I, when we're going through our day with an unrenewed mind, that unrenewed mind thinks opposite of what your renewed spirit within you knows to be the Word of God and the will of God knows to be true. When I'm, when I'm not in the Word, when I'm not um, walking in the Spirit, when I'm not setting my mind according to the things of God, well then guess what happens? An unrenewed mind. And that unrenewed mind is in contradiction to the Spirit of Christ within me and what the Word of God knows to be true. There is, there is kind of a, uh, a mentally, mindset-wise, you're out of alignment, Right? When people, uh, you know, physically, some people go to a physical therapist. Some people go to a chiropractor. This week, there was a couple of days earlier in the week when it had that little cold snap. Man, I thought my car keeps, you know, pulling to the left. Man, my car's out of alignment. Thankfully, it was just an air type, you know, a pressure, air pressure issue. But we can get out of alignment. And when we are just going through life, not in the Word, right, thinking like the world, Guess what? Spiritually, you're out of alignment. And, it's, and your car, you, you know, it's not gonna, you're not going to drive right. You're always going to be pulling to the right or pulling to the left, or you're going to have that kind of, you know, that feeling like your back's out of place or something like that. Your unrenewed mind, the unrenewed mind is always attempting to pull our, the Spirit of Christ within us, this renewed spirit, away from agreement with the Word. That's what the unrenewed, that's what worldly thinking and the unrenewed mind is always doing. It's trying to pull us away from the Spirit of Christ within us, from agreement with Scripture, in, a, in such a way to, as to entice it and overwhelm it into agreement with itself. And before you know it, even as a professing believer, I'm living my life basically in agreement with an unrenewed mind. And at the point your unrenewed mind accomplishes this, your mind and that unrenewed mind has dominated the renewed spirit within you. That is the danger of the unrenewed mind. And we're going to look at this passage here in just a second, Ephesians 4.17. But before we read that, let me say this. We are limiting ourselves in life when we limit the expectation of the capabilities of our mind. We limit ourselves in life when we do not appreciate, when we underestimate, when we don't take seriously the capabilities of the way that we think and of our minds. See, many of us, even in the church, we're waiting for something in heaven. We're waiting for something in the future 
that we are very much capable of experiencing aspects of and portions of today on earth. We just think, well, this life, it's, you know, it's bad, it's hard. So we just keep looking to heaven and listen, heaven is going to be incomprehensible, right? You know, no eye has seen, no mind is conceived, no ear is heard, right? The good things that God has planned for us. But there's a lot of us, and I know some of us in this room, that we just keep hoping for something that, oh, when I get to heaven. But the truth is, there are aspects of that, there are portions of that, that we are capable of experiencing today, now on earth, as a child of God. Well, why is that, Darren? Well, it's because we either don't understand what the renewed mind is capable of, or because we are simply too lazy and too undisciplined, right, to do the work of renewing our mind, and you've got to do the work, you've got to do the work of renewing your mind, or it, it can also just be we've fallen into pride. It's not a matter of laziness, it's just we think we know better. And we've got this mindset going on that I would rather wallow in my own self-pity. I would rather, I'd rather wallow in my own, just the state of my life where I'm angry and I'm mad and it's everybody else's problem and all this stuff. And it's just nothing but your stinking pride. Brothers and sisters, listen, we have to submit ourselves to the Word of God. We have to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God's Word and to the Spirit of Christ dwelling within us. Jesus said, He said, I have said these things, I believe it's John 15, 11. I have said these things to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I, I've, I've written these things, or I've, I've said these things to you so that in me you may have peace, he said. In the world you'll have tribulation, you'll have trouble and heartache and difficulty. He said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So think about this. Here is Jesus saying to people, right, the disciples, that they're going to face a lot when he's gone, right? They're going to be martyred, they're going to suffer, they're going to experience a lot of physical suffering, but he's saying, I've said, I've given you my word. I've spoken things to you. I've said these things to you that my joy may be in you. Now, how in the world does the Apostle Paul in jail sing songs and have joy when you're in jail, right? How do we see patriarchs and matriarchs in Scripture having faith and having joy in the midst of great difficulty? How, do, how, do, how does that happen? It's because their, their minds are focused on what the things that God has said. The promises that God has given and the promises that God has said. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning. Your life, you can be changed. Things can change. Now, your circumstances may or may not. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're having the prayer meeting and Man, I'm sure that, that that prayer meeting that night, you're going to pray for the sick, you're going to pray for your church, you're going to pray for one another, you're going to pray for jobs, you're going to pray for healing, you're going to pray for people to get set free, and God does miraculous things all the time. But even when he doesn't, you need to know that you can still, 
Forgive the cliche, but you can still get victory in the midst of that. You can still have joy in the midst of that, but it's going to begin with, what do you do with your mind and your thoughts in accordance with God's word? Remember those influencers. You have the influence of the Spirit of Christ within you. You have the influence of the Word of God right here. But that third influencer is your mind and your thoughts, and those three have got to come together in alignment. Amen? All right, so let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Let's stand as we read God's Word together because of what we believe about the Bible. Ephesians 4, in verse 17, we're going to read down through verse 24. Therefore I say this and testify in the Lord, you should no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their thoughts. I'll just let your mind kind of think about what he's saying there. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their heart. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. But that is not how you came to know Christ assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, verse 22, to put away or to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Father, thank you for the power and the truth of your word, God. Thank you that it's as, it's as, as alive today as the day you inspired the New Testament writers to write it. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of things about the passage we just read. We notice Paul, Paul's writing to churches, house churches, groups of people, the church around Ephesus. He's writing to the church. And when he speaks of Gentiles, he's just talking about unbelievers. And in essence, he says, you know, he says, don't live like them. Uh, you, don't, you, know, long, you don't walk as they walked, right? Or as they walk, and you don't think like they think. He says, not only are they darkened in their understanding, but he says, but their thinking, their way of thinking is futile, futile, pointless, useless. So brothers and sisters, get this, that the, un, the unrenewed mind is useless and pointless. It's futile. It's powerless. But then verse 21, but for you who are in Christ, you were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. You were taught by him to take off your former way of life, which would include your way of thinking, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And so we cannot sell ourselves short. We cannot limit our potential we can't limit what God can, do, what God can do through us, in us, around us, even in the midst of challenges, even in the midst of you know, difficult circumstances. We cannot limit ourselves by limiting the, the, the understanding of the power of the way that we think and of our mindset. Again, we've become far too satisfied with less than what God offers, and we can't be lazy about it. We can't be proud. Can't be proud, can't be stubborn. Right? Can't be lazy or undisciplined. We don't want to be waiting for things to come in heaven, some of which, aspects of, we can experience today. I think we may have Proverbs 4.23 there in your notes or on your screen. 
says, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Be careful what you think. Your thoughts run your life. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. It begins with our thoughts. There are a whole lot of us in this room that we say, or in folks we know that say, well, man, I want to change. I, I need to change. I'm just, I'm just stressed out all the time. I'm angry. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm worried. I'm jealous. I mean, you, na- you name it, right? A lot of negative emotions. A lot of, you know, physically harmful negative emotions within us. And we would say, I need to change. Well, that's good. That's the first step. I need to change. I need peace in my life. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I love that verse. It's a promise from God. Isaiah says, God, you keep him. You, you keep, you know, John or Sarah or you know, Stephen or Beth. You keep him or her in perfect peace when our minds are stayed upon you. One translation of Proverbs 14.30 says, A quiet mind is the life of the body. A quiet mind is the life of the body. Kelly and I um, do this daily office. Every, just every work day, before we go to work, we get online, we read the daily office together. And one of the prayers and one of the readings talks about a quiet mind. And every time we read it, I'm just like, yes. In a chaotic, divisive world, <laughs> society, I want, a, I want a quiet mind. I just want to be able to walk kind of in a quiet, still peace. And it's possible, guys. It's possible. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, Romans 12, 2. And my friends, that is real. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That is as true and as as real as in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That is as real and as true as for God so loved the world, he sent his only, gave his only begotten son. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Well, how are we going to do this? Well, let me give you four ideas how, how we're going to put this into play in our lives this week. Ready? Number one, be careful with your take or with, be careful with your social media intake. Be careful with your social media intake. I'm not going to tell you to get off of it, because then I'd have to get off of it, and I don't want to get off of it. But I know I need to be careful. Proverbs 14.7, I think this may be in your outline or on the screen. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Now, wait a minute. Stay away from a fool. Well, I guess when this was written, they didn't have, you know, all the social media platforms back then. But there's a lot of foolish talk on social media, Right? Proverbs 18, 2 and 3, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Hmm. God says, be careful. In fact, stay away from it. A while back, Forbes magazine had an article where it said that the 
American Academy of Pediatrics has warned about the potential of the negative effects of social media on your children and on your teenagers. Now, that's not, that's not the Bible. That's the, that's the world, right? The American Academy of Pediatrics warning about the negative effects of social media on your children and on your teenagers. Cyberbullying, Facebook depression, the addictions of it all. And in all of us, listen, it can trigger more sadness. It triggers less well-being. Oftentimes in social media, it's simply nothing more than one big comparison trap. That's all it is. A big comparison trap where you look at it, you read it, you watch it, you see the post, the picture, whatever it is, and you're like, man, thank God I'm doing better than that guy. Pride, right? Or man, I wish I could look like her. I wish I had what she has in her life, envy and jealousy. And it just becomes one big unhealthy mental cycle of the comparison game. Be careful. If you want to get freedom in your mind and your thoughts, you're going to have to be careful here. Thomas Fuller said, yeah, said, even a wise man may look ridiculous in the company of fools. Don't let yourself get drawn into unhealthy arguments, unhealthy conversations. Don't let yourself get drawn into that stuff. It's not going to help you. And one other thing I'll just say about this, there is such a thing as social media addiction. You may be addicted. And you may need to have your friend or your pastor or your spouse or someone change your password and get you off of it or have some kind of an accountability thing that's built into it. If we want to transform life, if we want a renewed mind, we've got to be careful with social media intake. Number two, be careful with entertainment. We've got to be careful. I mean, this, if we want a renewed mind... We want, you know, this joy and this peace. If we want this victory in the way that we think, we got to be careful with entertainment. You know, in, when we were kids, for some of us, and maybe kids around here at Harvest, they may sing a little song that says something like, you know, be careful, little eyes, what you see, and be careful, little ears, what you hear. And, but as far as the rest of us, Spotify, Netflix, anything goes. Those little, those little songs and those little principles that we teach kids when they're young, they still ring true for us today. Amen? Moms and dads, be careful. Eyes what you see. Be careful. Ears what you hear. Oh, well, I just like the story. Or I just like the, the, you know, I mean, the music. Listen, Psalm 101.3 says, I will not set before my eyes anything that's worthless. That's what the man of God says. I won't, I won't set it before my eyes, anything that is worthless. The New Living Translation of that verse is, I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. If you want a renewed mind, you're going to be care- we're going to have to be careful with this. There are some you know, shows, movies, programs that a godly woman just has no business watching. A godly man has no business watching. Well, Darren, it's a good show. It just has some bar... Bad parts here and there, you know, I, and truthfully, I don't really care about being a godly man. I just want my kids to go to heaven. I just want to go to heaven. Now, we never say that, but that's kind of how we're living it out. When it comes to what you're putting in your ears, what you're taking in with your eyes, if you think that that's not having an effect on your thinking, if you think it's not having an effect upon your emotions, if you think it's not having an effect on your relationships, and particularly your marriage, bro, 
Bro, come on. That's foolish. That's foolish. Number three, set aside time for meditation. This is where the spiritual discipline comes in. Honoring and living out Romans 12 to life transformation, positive changes in our lives through the renewing of our mind, you know, getting our mind into the word of God, it just takes time. It just takes time. A while back, somebody, I don't know where I heard this or read it, they reminded me of this old 19th century hymn, Take Time to Be Holy. People used to sing this song in church years ago. Take time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord, abide in him always and feed on his word. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be, thy friends and thy conduct, his likeness shall see. When you take the time to meditate on truth, when you take the time to meditate, you're, you're careful with some of the stuff that's in the world around us. Notice, I didn't say, you know, as a Christian, you can't be in social media or you can't watch anything, you know, on you know, Amazon Prime or you know, Hulu or whatever. I didn't say that. I just said, you got to be careful. you got to be wise about it. And when we start meditating on the truth, guess what? People are going to see that. Your, your wife will begin to see a difference in you, right? Your spouse will begin to see a difference in you. We don't want to limit ourselves here when it comes to the, our expectations of what our minds are capable of. And we don't want to find ourselves just, you know, uh, life is horrible, life is awful, and just wait for heaven when there are a lot of good things that we're capable of experiencing today, aspects of it here today here on earth. Psalm 119.45, I love this verse. Psalm 119.45 says, the psalmist says, I will walk about in freedom for I have sought out your precepts. I will walk about in freedom for I have sought out your precepts. We want freedom, right? We want to walk in freedom. And the psalmist says, I'm going to experience it because I've sought out your word, your truth, your principles, right? You know, I heard this years ago. I hang on to it always. It's just so simple. But listen, here's what I heard. I just hang on to this. The more of God's word in you, the more transformation. The less of God's word in you, the less transformation. More, more of God's word, more scripture, more of God's word you get in your mind, the more you're going to change. Your thoughts are going to change, your life's going to change, but the less of God's word, right, the less transformation. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. We make time for what's important to us. And don't be proud. You don't know better than God. Last application, number four. We'll wrap this up. Begin to think in the context of eternity. Begin thinking in the context of eternity. Philippians 2.5 talks about you and I taking upon the attitude ourselves or the mindset of Jesus. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but to the interests of others. Have this mind, Paul said to the church, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Think about your life. Think about others in light of the way Christ does, did and does in eternity. Remember, remember 
Galatians 2.20, Romans 8.10. In, in, the, in new life in Christ, the Bible says the Spirit of Christ lives within you. That's what the Bible says. The Spirit of Christ lives within us. So if the Spirit of Christ lives within me, then shouldn't we take upon ourselves His attitude, His mindset, His way of thinking, particularly when it comes to others in light of eternity? Y'all, we are kingdom people. The Bible says that we are aliens and strangers in this earth. We're just, you know, we're just here for a while and we're out. We're passing through. We are kingdom people. We've got to remember that. We are kingdom people. The kingdom of God, the reign and rule of Jesus in all of eternity. We are kingdom people. And we are to seek the kingdom of God. We are to think in a kingdom manner when it comes to this earth and this world and other people. The kingdom of God is both present, meaning that, and, and it's future. The kingdom of God in one sense is here. The church is here. We are the people of God. So in one sense, the kingdom of God is is already here. But there's another sense in which the kingdom of God in all of its fullness is coming. So 2 Corinthians 4.8 says, We fix our eyes not on what we see. Not on what is seen, but we fix our eyes on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, is transient. But what is unseen is eternal. It means that we think about ourselves and our loved ones and our neighbors and our co-workers and people that we play golf with or that we hunt with or that whatever, things in life. We think about them in light of eternity. If we want to be changed and transformed by the renewing of our mind, we frame our thoughts in light of all eternity. See, guys, you know this. There's a lot of stuff that we get so worked up about that we, we, get so, we fret over so much and we, we let it twist us up so much It's just not that important in light of eternity. When we train ourselves to think in light of eternity, that's when it clicks. That's when sharing Jesus with our neighbors becomes important. That's when mission and service becomes oh so important. Because as the people of God, we're not living just for the here and now. Right? The Bible says don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and moth moths and rust destroy but store for yourselves treasures in heaven right where thieves cannot break in and steal it and moths and rust cannot destroy it we're kingdom people we live in light of eternity do not be conformed to this world be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing get this that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect. Last thing I'm just going to say about that is that this is what you get with the the renewing of our mind. You know what you get? You begin to get the will of God in your life. You get purpose. You get purpose. We all want purpose. We want our lives to matter. We want want our time here on earth to have, have made a difference. But we can't be earthly thinking people. We can't be thinking temporally about life and about who we are. We think in terms of, in the context of eternity. So I I just hope and we can encourage one another to believe what the Bible promises. That we can, we can today begin experiencing this renewing of our mind and changing of the way that we think and live out a whole, a whole new way of life. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you, God, today for your word. And thank you, God, that um, you have given us truth, Lord, that we can live our lives by. And Father God, as we, as we just continue in a time of just worship here, as the service kind of draws to an end, may we all remember, brothers and sisters, with every head bowed and every eye closed, may we all remember that we all walk in grace. We're all walking in grace today. And if you have been, you know, if you found yourself kind of caught and trapped in some bad habits and some unhealthy way of thinking, if you've found yourself, you know, in disobedience and in sin just because of some of the ways that you've allowed your mind to wander and to drift, experience God's grace today and his forgiveness through the cross. Just say, just, just to God right now, say, God, forgive me for taking my thoughts so, um, in such a shallow way in underestimating the power of my thoughts and the way that I think. God, forgive me for some of my practices and habits. And God, would you forgive me, Lord, and wash me in the blood of Christ. God, help me to be that man of God, that woman of God, who trains his or her mind and disciplines his or her mind, God, to think in a way, Lord, that is aligned with the Spirit of God within me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness and mercy. It's in Christ's name.